Welcome to the Forensic Cop Podcast. Liverpool 2, Spurs 1. How satisfying was that? Well, I mean, I, I felt like it was a bit of a roller coaster of satisfaction because when we moved ahead, I was happy and satisfied. But then they, I mean, they caught up so quickly, you almost couldn't enjoy it for that long. And then, like, as it was dragging on, like, it felt like we were building momentum. But with us not scoring, I don't know, it was, it was a roller coaster. By the end, I was very satisfied. I had a huge smile on my face. How about you? Yeah, yeah, me too. Uh, um, one thing that I was concerned about was, I, I mean, of course, it, w- it was great to score the winner in the 88th minute or whatever time it was. But I thought that the players were a little bit too excited. And Henderson should have just prepared everybody to to focus and you know let's get back because there's still some time left and we know Mourinho he will try uh, to play the dirty tricks in the last few minutes so I was a little bit disappointed by that they were a little bit too excited after they scored so in a way I hear that but what I'll say is the other side to it is um, I think it's very difficult for a team that has been sitting back for like literally 90 minutes to all of a sudden flick a switch and find a goal in the last you know, in injury time, where like for a team like Liverpool, who's been on the front foot the whole game, I can see them getting a goal right at the end, as opposed to I think Tottenham would have been hard pressed, even if they had a bit more time, because just your mentality needs to change, right? You're you're playing a very different game, you know, parking the bus to trying to, I mean, drive a sports car. It's a, it's a very, very different thing. And I suspect even if they had more time, I just I don't think there was a way they were going to do it. But I agree with you; they were trying the dirty tricks for sure. There was a lot of diving there. Yeah, and and I, I suppose I'm still thinking back to a couple seasons ago when Mo Salah scored what we thought was the winner against Spurs with that amazing goal in the 93rd minute or so, and then the players celebrated only for Spurs to come back and equalize. So I think I still have a little bit of muscle memory from that that game. Yeah, I mean, I can believe that, um, but I'm, I'm, we're, we're gonna make a believer out of you again. I know last year we were all in belief, but before that, we were all sure we were gonna lose games. Carius made sure we did. Like we have a bit of this mentality, but I'm, I'm turning it around. I felt, I felt like before the first goal, we were building momentum. Yes, and then, and then before the second goal, I felt like we were building momentum too. I mean, there was an element of luck, but I also felt like it was inevitable we would score. It was just would we score before time ran out type thing. Yeah, and also would we be able to keep them out because we now if we had our our, our first team defenders, then there'll be no question because there's no way they can catch Gomez and Van Dijk on the break because they're. Our defenders are actually faster than their forwards. But I was a little bit concerned because Fabinho is not a defender. He's a midfielder. And then Williams was just a little bit too apprehensive, which is understandable because it's his first game in the EPL. Um, so well played to them. Yeah, I mean, I, I would agree with you. I think if we played Tottenham with uh, Van Dyke and Gomez at the back, even with all of Gomez's um, faults, um, this would be the kind of game that would essentially be a guaranteed win. Because you're not going you can, to, you can catch them on the break. You'll get a step on them on the break, but they'll catch up to you well before you're at the net. Um, so this was literally, I think, the Spurs' best chance at us. Um, and, and to be fair, they scored on their very first shot, but they actually had a couple other very good chances, including the post. 
Yes, absolutely. Um, they were very, you can see that all they do is they train on defending and breaking, right? So they're very good at those two things. That's because that's all they do. And when they do it, they do it well, which is why they've been winning games against the top teams. But again, I, I mean, eventually that'll come to an end, I think. Um, if you, you need look no further than Sheffield, right? I mean, they were in the top half last year and they can't buy a win this year. So at some point that gets figured out. My other thought to it was, I mean, you see a guy like Son and you see a guy like Kane. Um, I mean, other than Kane being a dirty player, he's still a, a, a top player. You would think they wouldn't be happy playing this kind of passive, um, you know, go for a run and chase the ball around type game. Um, I mean, they're buying into it right now, but I, I don't know. I have a hard time believing they'll stay happy for the full year. Yeah, and I think that's the key word. They're buying into it because it's it's been showing um, results, and they've they've tried everything else for the past four, five, six years that this particular squad has been together. But I agree, um, which is why it was important that somebody stopped them in their tracks because I'm hoping that they soon start. Um, questioning the tactics of playing like this every single game because once they're not winning it of course it must be frustrating so i i believe that the the what's it called the the saying about it is that winning solves everything so all of the problems that you have in your dressing room winning will solve that well when you're not winning that's when it starts getting a little bit dicey because i mean tottenham what they tied their last game they lost this one if they go out and they lose the next one, I would start putting money on the fact that the players would start saying, you know what, maybe this doesn't work. And and I could see Mourinho not losing the dressing room, but I could see players start questioning. Yeah, and especially when, because we know it's just a matter of time before he now decides to make a particular player the scapegoat, right? And he'll just call that person out in, 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 in public. <laughs> Now, now, where where did you go get Mourinho's playbook? That's a, that's supposed to be a need to know thing. <laughs> um, but no, I mean overall, um, <clears throat> like I've heard of park the bus, but to me, this was taking it even further than. I mean, maybe I I don't remember Mourinho at at Man U as well, but even on the break, they were committing like two or three guys, like other teams. When they park the bus, at least on the break, they get numbers forward and then run back. They weren't even open to that idea because they were trying to stay closed at the back. I mean, even when they would have a break, we would stop them and go back up the field quickly. They'd still have seven or eight guys behind the ball. It was unbelievable. And they just weren't committing forward guys. Yeah, and it's – I don't know. I don't know. I mean, even, even when he was at Chelsea – not even into Milan. I, I'm, I'm not going to mention that. Chelsea um, in this in his two stints and Manchester United, there was a little bit of attempt of enterprise. But with this this team, it's almost it's either he just wants to play this way because he knows or that's what he's comfortable with, or he's looked at his team and said, you know what, I can't do anything with these people. Um, Kane and Son are pretty decent, but the rest of them, I'm just going to train them how to defend as a unit because individually they're, they're not really top, top quality players. I don't know, um, because even the way they defended individually, that they didn't defend well. It's just that they're all they're tall, they're athletic, and then they defended in numbers. But it was always just heading the ball out, clearing it, hoofing it. It wasn't really tactical. Yeah, no, there were actually um, a few times in the game I saw where we tried to make a pass down, I mean, one wing or the other, 
and one of our guys was chasing it, their defender would come across. And instead of trying to block the person to let the ball roll out, they would just put it out of on the touchline. Yeah, exactly. And and I'm watching it and I'm thinking like, I mean, what what are you trying to protect against? So that ball was going out. All you needed to do was get your body behind it and and you're done. Like, but but they played it ultra safe. And I felt like after a while it started coming back because every time they boot it up, we'd bring it right back. And the pressure would continue. Yeah, it'll be interesting to to witness the return match at um, Tottenham Stadium next 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 year. Hopefully, with fans. Well, hopefully in in the broader sense, not as a Liverpool fan, but with fans, <laughs> because I think the Tottenham players, the Tottenham fans, are not going to tolerate this type of football unless they win every single game because it's so negative. It's beyond ridiculous, and there's no way that they will accept him setting up like that against Liverpool. And if he doesn't, then we'll take care of them. Well, I mean, the other problem is if they try to do this again in um, in the new year, like in theory, okay, so Van Dyke won't be back, but if Gomez is back, um, Son and um, Kane are going to have a much harder time to get that same breakaway because Gomez will catch them. I mean, for all his heading issues, he can catch people. So... Um, they won't have that luxury. If Tiago's back, then, you know, or or even, um, I mean, again, we don't really need to defend that well against them. So you can put Shaq in there. If you can get some creativity in the midfield, maybe yeah. in Keita, you could have, I mean, they could park the bus and you could like run that bus over if you wanted, if you got the right players. We That's just we were, were yeah. yeah, well, to, to show how bad we were lacking, have you, when was the last time you saw a game with no subs? I know. I know, and and even uh, the one he wanted to bring on, he ended up not bringing on. Um, I know, like, I could, I, what's what's Kata gonna do? That that was not a spot for Kata. Honestly, there when we hadn't scored, I was thinking, who do we bring on? How do we bring someone on? But I mean, there was nobody on the bench that was gonna make everything better. Yeah, I I think Kata was probably just going to be a uh, um, legs substitution. I'm not sure who he was he was going to replace, but I think. Uh, Clock would probably see that one of his midfielders was was completely done, and he just wanted to bring another one on. Um, but there's no there's no point in bringing that Phillips because it's not like they were threatening us with with crosses and headers, right? There's no point bringing on Origi because you just don't know what you're getting with him. There, there was no pace on the on the field, so yeah, it was it was a tough one. So I I will actually disagree with you on that, but we'll get to that. So uh, first goal, I mean solid goal you know what else can you say um it was just a lot of pressure a lot of build-up there was a bit of a lucky deflection but it did feel to some degree like that was bound to happen yeah um it was inevitable that we we're going to score in the first half um Mourinho chose to attack the, the cop in the first half which i don't i wonder why a lot of other teams don't do because i can't believe that we've been winning the toss every single game um so it's, it's interesting that Mourinho, and I'm not surprised that, that he decided to attack the cop in the first half. So we we actually talked about that before the game even started. And yeah, I mean, it's honestly a terrible idea that other people don't do it. Yeah. Um, I can understand, perhaps when there's fans, I can kind of understand why they just decide to allow us to um, attack the cop in the second half. Um 
but in an empty stadium where fans are in the cop, then it makes complete sense. Agreed. Um, but on that first goal, so I mean, you know, good job, Salah, first touch, um, favorable deflection. Uh, it I wish was he a did build that more up. often. I wish he did that more often during the game. He 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 he, oh, he tried to take on the extra dribble one too many times. Yeah, like you think he would have learned the first time. Like it's a first touch. I got what I wanted. Why don't I keep doing it? But he wasn't doing it the rest of the game. But for me, that first goal was more uh, Curtis Jones. I I liked his build up to it. Of course, it wasn't entirely intentional, but he was much more direct today than he's been in the past. And I got to be honest, I even told you before that happened that he he looked like he was going to score a goal today. Yeah, yeah, he did, and he and he should have actually. He had one shot in the first half with his right foot. And um, just like last week, I think he has a lot better technique than that. And I think it's, it's just a matter of time before he starts uh, to finish those. But at least he's taking the shots. But he's looking good. Like he's – so I'm not, I'm not saying he's a finished product. But uh, today I felt like he showed a lot more of taking the ball in between like three guys – and like like a bit more of that Kata thing, right? Where he goes in among other players and then somehow comes out at the end with it. Yeah, exactly. He's he's able to beat a man uh, with with ease and finesse and and create space for himself and for his teammates. And he was operating a lot on the left left hand side, and we'll probably come to it. But I'm not sure where whether it was intentional that Mane wasn't as involved with Robertson as he normally is, but. Um, Curtis Jones took his took his um, place with that. The so one other thing, I'll, yeah, the one other thing I'll say about Curtis Jones was I I found I don't want to say genie like, but a little bit I found like he was finding himself in uh, in tight spots and and not always through any fault of his own. It was just the ball was coming to him in tight spots. There were guys on him, and he was being very good in you know. Uh, uh, using his body and in getting to the ball and keeping the ball away from the other team. I, I was actually very impressed with his performance today. I think he had maybe one of his better games. Yeah, he was, he, he, he played well. He played well. And he's, he's just, the more he, I see him, the more composed he seems and the more comfortable in that, in that midfield it's, it's hard to believe that he and Nico Williams and, um, um, Reese Williams are the same age and they all started at Liverpool, um, at the same time, but he's, He's like four or five years ahead of them, you know, in the way he plays. He's just a part of this team now. He's not the, the kid, you know, who's happy to get a game. He's actually earned his right to, to be a starting midfielder with Henderson and Genie. No, I, I think amazing. you're right. Like, I mean, it's up. Yeah, I, I think you, you nailed it on the head because when I saw the starting lineup and I saw his name on it, I thought nothing. When I saw the starting lineup and I saw Reese Williams' name on it, I'm like, oh, the kid's going to get a chance. That's interesting. I hope he can do it. Right. But but even though they're the same age, those thoughts just don't cross my mind with with Curtis Jones anymore. He's he's arrived. I mean, I don't even know how else to say it. And the amazing part is, you got to believe he's going to get better. Oh yeah, without a shadow of a doubt. And I, I mean, he's he's already developed physically, and it's just his composure and his game intelligence is just unbelievable for somebody that's nineteen. I I, I mean, I can't say it enough. I I, I and especially knowing how skillful he is, the fact that he's able to just harness that and just um, play for the team in a way that Klopp wants him to play, and he's actually able to get away with it. It's, it's pretty incredible. I mean, the well, fact that Klopp trusted him to play at right back 
couple weeks ago instead of bringing on another player uh, tells you. Now, he didn't have uh, the best game. However, the fact that Klopp trusted him to do that was, was um, I think that speaks volumes. Absolutely. And uh, I mean, on the other side, we have Reese Williams, who this is his first EPL game. And uh, I mean, if his shoe was six millimeters shorter, apparently it was five millimeters on side, um, they wouldn't have had the goal. What did you think of his performance today? Um, I thought he, he played. He didn't surprise me, so I wasn't disappointed with him. I was I wasn't overly impressed because we've seen him in the Champions League games, so he was pretty steady. And I think uh, his teammates helped him out too, right? They didn't put him under unnecessary pressure, uh, which is important. Um, Son tried to catch him out for pace a few times, but uh, again, his teammates were around to support him. And um, yeah, he again he he will only get better too. I mean, f- we all know he's not quite ready, and ideally he wouldn't have played this game, but. He, yeah, he didn't necessarily look out of place. He wasn't so, really uh, noticed. Yeah, um, I think I think you 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 got it right where you said that his teammates helped him out. Hendo came back a lot deeper than he might have with uh, Gomez and Van Dyke back there. Right. Um, so I noticed him back there quite a bit. Um, but that being said, I th- I was actually kind of impressed with how far up the field he came. There were times yeah. that he was chasing Kane, so it was clear that he had been told, you go after Kane, you stay on Kane, you don't let Kane break you down. Right. And and he actually came way upfield to stay with Kane, um, and he didn't just immediately run back when Kane gave up the ball. So I actually thought his composure in that sense was quite good. Mm-hmm. Um, and and again, I think in a in a perverse kind of way, I think that goal was the best thing that could happen to him. Because it's one thing to know how guys can beat you on the break. It's another thing to have it happen to you. And I bet you it'll be a lot harder to catch him on the break the next time. Do you think that it was his fault? I mean, aside from the fact that it was his foot that that kept Son on side. But besides that, are you you suggesting that the play itself was his fault? Um, So... I think that there was two faults. One was his, he needed to stay with San. I don't think there's anything more to it. Um, He stayed too far in the middle of the field. So Hendo let San go. And then we we just said that he he was staying on Kane. So I'm I'm assuming somebody else was tasked with staying with San. Well, Kane was on the other side and was covered by Fabinho and by um, Robertson. Oh, I see. So um, I'm I'm literally rewatching it on loop right now. Yeah, um, me too. So I'm 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 not as brilliant as I seem. I'm I'm literally rewatching it. So he should have known if I don't have Kane, if Kane's on the other side, I need to um, play a little this way. So I think part of the fault is Reese Williams. He should have already been leaning to run um, because Son was passing him. But the other fault actually is with Hendo. So Hendo left Son. If you're going to go up and take the man, you must prevent the pass. You can let I the think, guy get past you, but you can't yeah. let him pass it right by you. I think I, I think where Williams really um, should be faulted is he was he was um, um, he, he really wanted to play the offside. So if, if, if you're going to put all your eggs in that basket, then you better get it right. Right. Because it, it was it was actually the right thing for him to try to catch Son offside, but he should have made sure that he, he he did that, right? So so I think that's that's the mistake he made. 
Uh, <clears throat> well, yes and no. The reason I say that is because, you know, Fabinho was very, very close too. So it's it's really hard to play that offside if Fabinho, you know, if if you're the last man back by quite a bit, then yeah, that's fine. You're in control of the offside trap. But given that Fabinho was was very, very close to the line too, um, I would have rather erred on the side of I'm not going to let him get past me. Hmm. I see. That's it's my my thought. I mean, long and short, you know, he he got B, and, and, he'll, and he'll learn, and yeah. he'll learn, and you're gonna get B, and it's the best time in the world to get beat because we still won the game, and it just made it a little bit more exciting, and it got you know uh, Klopp animated, so that was fun. Yeah, and I was I was even thinking at the time that it was probably inevitable that Spurs were going to score and it was it would be better if they scored before halftime so that way Klopp can fix it. Um, so it was probably a good time for us that they did score and, yeah. and also that they scored that way because it was clearly our mistake as opposed to them just being that amazing of a team. Yeah, no, I, I got to be honest. There was nothing I saw in the Spurs today that surprised me or bothered me in any way. Um, other than there were a couple times that Kane, I mean... You know, I don't watch Tottenham a lot, but I feel like he's a little bit dirtier than he gets credit for. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm starting to hear that being picked up by pundits now. Well, n- not the commentators, but on other podcasts, which I'm not going to mention. Um, <laughs> I'm hearing a lot more people calling him out for his dirty plays, which which is good because I hadn't noticed it, but now that I pay attention to him, I'm seeing it more and more. He's um, yeah, he's not the cleanest, which and. I don't know. I don't think he was like that before. I think that this is the Mourinho effect. It might be, and I'll, I'll tell you, I did notice. Um, so first of all, um, a huge shout out to the referee who did a horrible job. Um, and and I'm not going to pick, I mean, the 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 example I'll probably pick is the, the Aurier one against Mane, where they were battling all night and like Aurier was getting every call on straight out dives. Um, there were a lot of dives happening, and you know I'm a numbers guy, so I'm going to go to the numbers and I'm going to make it super simple. Like there used to be years ago, I'm old, I know. Years ago, there used to be just hard and fast, this is how it is type things that don't seem to apply anymore. But I can tell you, Liverpool had 76% possession and we had eight fouls and they had nine. If one team has 76% possession, they don't have the same number of fouls as the other team. It's physically impossible to happen as a ref. You need to know that. Like, it's one thing if every single time um, Tottenham was on the break, we would follow them. But because that didn't happen, it tells me the ref was, was something else was going on. And as a referee, like years ago, you would know that and you would have to adjust. Because if one team has three quarters of the ball, you can't call the same fouls. It just, it makes no sense, right? The guys defending are fouling. So there should be three quarters as many fouls on one side than the other. So I personally, I didn't like it. Um, but again, to your point, I wonder if Mourinho has implemented, not implemented, but if his philosophy is, you know, set plays are important, get that foul. And when you don't get the ball, make sure they feel you. Yeah, well, we saw it in the um, Amazon Prime documentary right I, I mean those are essentially his words i mean he's telling his team that they're too nice and he needs them to be 
I'm not going to say the word, right? But yeah, he needs a <laughs> B A S T, you know, the rest, yeah. right? So, yeah, um, it's, it's too bad because Spurs, they are a nice team. They are a bunch of nice guys, and he's turning them into into um, irritating, annoying, hard-to-like grafters. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there were a few times in the game where you saw guys go down from essentially no contact. And yeah. and and a few of them were well-placed for, you know, free kicks. And and that kind of stuff, I just, you know, as a as a referee, like I guess I remember years back, and this is years and years ago, like the referee would go in at halftime, would rewatch tape. And if you dove on him and made him look like an idiot, you wouldn't get a call the second half. Mm-hmm. Like like guys could hack your leg out and he just would look away because you know what I'm not I'm not I'm not letting you make a fool of me again is the way it used to go. Now I feel like that doesn't seem to happen. I, I don't know. I feel like, you know, as a player, I feel like you need to learn the game, right? You need to learn how is the ref acting, what is he calling, and you need to adjust. At the same time, I feel like the refs used to do that too. They used to adjust to the players, but I feel like they're not really doing that now. Every call is almost in isolation, which doesn't make a lot of sense because when you've seen a guy dive four times in a game, just assume the next one is a dive. Right. But I mean, anyway, so be it. Um, So we go through the second half. We're uh, going well, and we come to the final uh, corner kick there. Um, So before we get to the Bobby thing, um, the, the beautiful header that he had, I'm legitimately going to tell you, I actually thought Klopp made a mistake. I would have at that point brought on Origi and Nat Phillips. Yeah, I was I was thinking that maybe it will be a good time to bring Origi simply for his height and just, just to give the Spurs defender something else to, to think about. Um, I'm not oh, sure I literally that. mean for that corner kick. Yeah, yeah. Now, I'm not sure about Nat Phillips because... Unless you replace him with Williams, but that's a risk because um, he now has to get into the game. And if Spurs have another break, he he may be caught lacking. Well, um, it was in the ninetieth sure, minute, so I mean, it's it's they don't have that much time left. But I don't know. I would have I would have gone for broke. You know, Nat Phillips in the box has shown he knows he knows how to get to that ball. I I don't really know how he does it. Um, well, he hasn't he hasn't yet shown that he can attack the ball. Right, he can defend it, but I haven't seen evidence, and I'm looking forward to it because, in theory, he should be good on corners, but um, I haven't seen that yet. But I mean, either way, um, you know, it 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 worked out well. Um, you know, Firmino came across, got a perfect head on it. I I can't remember the last time he's done something that nice. Yeah. Um, I don't even know if that's what he meant because it's very interesting technique if it was. But uh, good for him. He, he, he had been threatening that all game too. This was one of his more energetic games. I would I uh, would say without a doubt, I think this was his best game um, of the season. And that's like not even not even negotiable in my mind. This was clearly his best game of the season. He was he gave it away much less than he usually does. And, yeah, and and he linked up. He, he he his flicks actually worked. Yeah, and and he wasn't coming deep as much as he normally does to help out the defense or whatever he's normally trying to do. So he he it was as if he was just told to focus on being attacker. 
being an attacker. And then it was actually Mo Salah that was dropping deeper, which I don't really like. I think we talked about it after the last game. So what I would say is I'm actually not against Klopp rotating who drops deep. And like I, I'm actually in favor of Klopp having a number of different um, scenarios of what he can throw out there because I feel like after a while – uh, teams are going to learn what to do, you know, and and I think you saw that today um, with Liverpool. Uh, the Spurs had a handful of chances, but most of their breaks were snuffed out before they even started because it was clear that Liverpool was well drilled. And I don't want to become predictable like that. So I'm actually okay if if Mo Salah is the one who drops deep, if Mane is the one who drops deep, um, if Curtis Jones is the one who links up instead of. Uh, uh, you know, on on that wing, like I'm actually okay with some of these changes, just for the sake of change. Um, yeah, I I agree. I I just don't. I haven't seen Mo Salah be an effective creator. That's all. I wish he would just try to score goals and try to score them quickly and not overthink things. I know. I he just oh so I mean not to criticize him because he did have a goal today and he did play well. I thought. I just feel like he wants to touch the ball too much. Yeah. Like he just needs to trust that he's, you know, he's got that good a foot. Just put your foot on it and like first touch. Like just trust your foot. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, otherwise it was a it was a beautiful header. What what I would say is, you know, I I know the commentators were talking about oh it was a mistake from uh, Tottenham. In all honesty, like let's be blunt here, when you are attacked for 90 minutes and you are the strain of defending for 90 straight minutes wears on you, and that's why the park the bus, um, the most dangerous time is always the end of the game. Because you're tired, because you're going to trip, because you're mentally fatigued. Um, I, In a lot of ways, if a team keeps pushing, I do feel like it's inevitable. Um. Yeah. And especially with this team, although having said that, there was a sense of like the Fulham game, um, we lacked some incision. So we were passing, passing, possessing, possessing, passing, passing, but not creating as many clear cut chances as as we normally do. And I think that comes down to the sharpness of our front three. Um, Sadio Mane has been, I don't want to say he's been off because he's still contributing, but he hasn't been remotely close to his best. So he, I he's guess been trying. Because, yeah, that's a good thing because once he does hit form, I mean, good luck to the rest of the league. So here's a here's a question for you. Uh, Firmino, after he scored, he realized that people were in the stands and the cop was there and he ran down the field towards them. Did he actually run that fast at any other point in the game? Because I think that right. might have been his fastest moment. I think so too. <laughs> he, he just had a lot of energy today. And, um, and he took, I don't know how the stats, but he took, quite a few shots today um he must have had at least five to, to seven shots um on net today and, yeah he did and and only does. and Mane and Salah too I mean for whatever reason for the most part they were shooting right at, at Loris but um you know they were they were getting shots there were shots that were that came and and we had good chances but again you're right I mean Firmino was part of the attacking trio today that he hasn't felt that way in a while Um, again, I, I wonder what would have been different if Jota was there, 
because um, I think this game might have been good for him in the sense of he's good at filling spaces that uh, the defense leaves. Um, but I mean, yeah, at, at this, yeah, I, you know what? I mean, I, at some point, like my thing was we we were talking in, in the middle of the game as to, you know, um, would you be okay with a tie? And I got to be honest, I want it to be top of the league because if I'm one of the 19 teams below us, I'd look and I'd be like, these guys are starting kids and we still can't beat them. Like this mm-hmm. is as like Tottenham literally was our, our central defense was a midfielder and a 19 year old kid who's never started in the EPL and they managed to get one goal. Um, we didn't sub anyone, not because of anything else other than the fact that we had nobody to sub. Uh, so, I mean, the, Tottenham has to look at this in the dressing room and be like, yeah, this was our chance to beat them because we're never going to get it as easy again. Yeah, and I don't know the last time that they've beaten us. It's been at least three years. Um, and the longer this goes on, then the longer it'll go on. Because yeah, we I are mean, the better team. We're, we're the better team, and I just I really want to get to the point where, you know, we have a little bit of separation now, and I just I yeah. want to get in everybody's head. That's really my goal right now. But I mean, for this game, fantastic game. Who was your man of the match? Um, I'll have to go with Jones. Actually, I'll have to go with Jones. I I, I can't think of. I think Robertson is a close second. But um, I'd say that Jones was the most consistent and effective. Happen. So I, I have, I have no, uh, I have no qualms about that. I, he even tried some little fancy footwork stuff. It worked out defensively. He was solid going forward. He was fantastic. Um, I think Jones did a great job. I actually decided to go with uh, Roberto Firmino because hmm. it just it it's his best game of the season, and he got the winner. Um. I guess I'm being overly hopeful in that maybe this can restart him. He's been in a like a two-year funk. Um, I'm hoping that something as like special as this kind of gets him going. But I mean, it was clearly his best game of the season, and so that's why I'm kind of like rewarding him with the man of the match. But again, overall, uh, the the matches are coming fast and furious. But at the end of the day, we uh, we look at the table as it stands right now. And there is Liverpool at the top, and nobody can catch us after week thirteen. So uh, it's a it's a beautiful day. Uh, you know, Man City lost. Um, we beat Tottenham. Leicester lost. Uh, Chelsea lost. I mean, this looks like even with a depleted team, it's our season to win. And uh, beating Tottenham was uh, a big step in doing that. For more stories, analysis, and articles, go to the ForensicCop.com website.